Welcome to the Work From Home podcast with Mr. Tolu Balogun. In this podcast series, I will be talking about various ways for you to transit to working from home if you are not already doing so. If you are already working from home like me, I will be talking about a lot of things you can do to scale your business and move it to the next level. Welcome to the Work From Home podcast. This week, I have with me Richard Matthews from the United States of America. Um, while we were talking and before today, during our communications, one of the things I really loved about him is the fact that he has a lot of automations in, in um, play that make working from the road for him now so much easier. He lives in an RV with his family, so it's an adventurous lifestyle for him. He gets to walk on the road, and that is like a whole new level to working from home. It's, it's so much fun, and I will have him introduce himself so you can get to learn more about him. Up to you, Richard. Awesome, yeah. So my name's Richard Matthews, and I have uh, been running a business from my home since 2009, so going on 11 years now. Um, and I have, uh, it was back when my um, when my son was just getting, um, was first born, and one of my commitments I wanted to make to my family and to my wife was that I would always be there at home to, you know, to see all of the moments in my kids' lives growing up. It's one of the most important things in my life. And, uh, you know, struggled the first many years to actually get my business up off the ground. And, you know, now 11 years in, my wife and family and I have, uh, we've been traveling now full time for three years. Um, so we, we travel all over the United States of America. We've been to about half the country so far. We still have the other half to still see. Um, but we, uh, we run the business from the road. I have employees. Um, I have uh, a staff of uh four people, including myself, um, that all work from their homes. Um, and we, uh, uh, we, uh, deliver a lot of services in the podcasting space and to businesses who, um, want to build educational materials and sell things online. So we do a lot of work in that space and that's how, uh, how I pay for my lifestyle and, you know, help pay for our employees lifestyles. Um, and it's a, it's a really cool place to be. Wow, that's amazing. And like, I know um, deciding to work from home is one of the very key reasons, especially for men, is to have a lot of time to spend with their kids. And that was one of the um, key reasons why I also started to work from home, aside the financial stability that could come with it, aside the freedom that could come with it. One of the key factors was I always want to be there with my kids. I don't want to be... Uh, uh, a visiting dad, as some people like to call it. I want to be a full-time dad. I want to always be there with my children. But the, you know, the level you took it to going on the road, what made you take that decision? Yeah, well, one of my growing up, one of my favorite things um, was the trips and the cool stuff that I did with my dad and my mom. And, you know, we went out on vacations a couple of times a year on the road and get to go visit cool places and cool things. Um, and I had a really excellent dad growing up. And, uh, and I knew that, um, you know, he, so he, he was a really good example for me. And I knew I wanted to be 
that for my kids. And I remember thinking when I was like nine or 10, maybe I was 11 years old, thinking that one of the things I wanted to do is I wanted to have, I wanted to have more time with my kids than my dad got to have with me because he worked full time Mm -hmm. um, at an office and, you know, nothing wrong with that. He was home every night and I went on, he provided a good lifestyle for us, but I was like, I didn't like that he had to leave to go to work. Right. Um, and you know, I would get home from school before he did and I never liked that. So I was like, I wanted to be at home with my kids all the time. So they never had to experience that. And it's funny. Cause like my, my oldest son has uh, started to realize he's like, he's like, you're not like normal dads. You're always home. Right. <laughs> um, and, and so he's like, he's picking up on that, which is cool. Um, and for me, the, the reason I wanted to go onto the road was a couple of reasons I wanted to, uh, my wife and I have been talking about for a number of years, but we wanted to, um, see our country, right? America is got a lot of really cool history and a lot of cool places to see lots of really, you know, our, our national parks are, uh, are world famous, mm-hmm. um, lots of cool places to see there. So, um, there was that aspect of just seeing our history and seeing the cool things that are around. Um, and like, you know, one of the, the really big, um, for as just as an example, one of the big wars in the U.S. history was the um, Mexican-American War, okay. um, and the uh, the Alamo in Texas. And you study that generally in third grade. Um, and we were traveling through Texas when my son was going through the third grade, and we got to go see the fort in Alamo. Um, at the Alamo and we got to go see like the, the live actors that came through and they do um, reenactments of like the medical stuff and the history and all sorts of other mm-hmm. cool things. We get to like see the history of our country come alive, which was really cool. And I learned stuff about our history that I remember learning in third grade, but I actually got to see it in person for the first time. And my kids are getting to experience that as children, which is really cool. So there's that aspect of it. And then the other aspect of it is, um, that I wanted to have that adventure and that freedom that comes from running a business, right? When you work from home um, and you have access to internet and stuff like we have nowadays Mm -hmm. with our cell phones and everything, um, we don't have to be tied to a specific location, right? Mm -hmm. So one of my business things that I talk about all the time is the five freedoms. Mm -hmm. Um, And so talk about political freedom, spiritual freedom, financial freedom, time freedom, and location freedom. And um, so a lot of people focus on just financial freedom, right? Mm And, you know, I need to have enough money that my, you know, money is not restricting my decisions. Right. But then they don't pay attention to the time freedom or the location freedom. So they end up building themselves a business that they're stuck, stuck to a specific location or they're always working all the time in their business. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to build a business that gave me all three, right. Time mm-hmm. freedom, location freedom, and financial freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyways, we did that and now we get to enjoy the fruits of, of that labor and we're still growing that business um, and getting to, you know, travel and sort of enjoy our lifestyle that way. Okay. So um, let's ride back to 2009 when you started um, the work from home life. Well, um, definitely we know why you decided to work from home, but what was the first few months or years like? Was it so easy because you had everything planned out or were there sacrifices you had to make? I want to know about those early days. So the early days working from home, um, it was, it was difficult, but it wasn't difficult because I was working from home. It was difficult because I was terrible as a business owner. Um, right. I wasn't actually, uh, I wasn't actually well, um, 
well-trained at like doing this stuff to get clients that I needed to do. Um, and you know, being in charge of your own schedule, right. And making sure that you're doing all the things that you need to do, um, and, and focusing your time on revenue producing activities instead of like busy work stuff that you think is going to help you grow your business, but really isn't. Um, and then the, probably the most important one was I was not, um, charging enough Mm-hmm. Um, for my services for a number of reasons. I didn't think that I was, I deserved to make more money um, mm-hmm. was one thing that I had a problem with. And then another one was I was not charging based on the value of what I was giving. I was charging based on an hourly rate, right? Where I was saying, hey, like I had a minimum wage job before. Mm-hmm. And so now that I'm working in business, I'm doing these high value tasks for my, my clients. And I'd be like, it takes me three hours to do it. And I would make $8 an hour. So I would charge them $32 to do something that if they had hired another business would have cost them multiple thousands of dollars. Right. So I wasn't actually like delivering services and charging for them at their value. I was trying to charge for things based on how long they took me to do. So, so that was, uh, the, the big problem that I ran into was learning how to, uh, value my services. And it took a number of years. Um, and actually by the time, um, about 2012 rolled around, I ended up having to shut down my business. Um, cause I was not able to, uh, make the money that I needed to make. I was struggling and, uh, but I, um, took a job as a uh, C-level marketing director um, where I was making a really good income um, and was able to practice a lot of the skills that I was using in my business um, before sure. without the uh, stress of having to try and figure out how to price things. Um, yeah. And actually, I used a lot of that to build my confidence. Um, and, you know, for, over the course of the couple of years with that company, we delivered $50 million in sales and 10x their lead flow and did a lot of really good stuff. Well. And and I turned around out of that uh, that job and started my consulting practice again. Um, now with the confidence I needed to actually, uh, you know, charge good prices and deliver good stuff for my clients. And so that was in 2015. And since then, our business has grown, you know, five six times. Um, and uh, you know, I now have employees um, around the world, and we travel full time. And it's been a, a really interesting experience. So you know, it was it was a, a number of years since I started work from home and um you know ended up shutting down the business i got it took that job um i managed to score a work from home uh deal while i was working with them um, mm-hmm. and then uh, parlayed all of that into growing my consulting practice again afterwards um and here we are now well that's that's a, that's really awesome and the fact that um Janiel went to you know shut down take the right step more like um I would want to call it um, a paid learning experience. You had a lot of experience yeah. already, and then you had to go and get the experience you needed to rightly go your business, and especially the confidence part. I mean, that really killed it, and you are now reaping the benefits, and that's so great. So. Um, I noticed um, during the course of, you know, the communications, trying to get our interview set up during this podcast, I noticed the um, awesome job you did with the automations. So I want you to talk about um, why automations are good for a work from home business or better still any business and how it can, you know, save you a lot of time and stress when it comes to getting stuff done. Yeah. So for, for me, um, the primary part of automation, automation is a result of a step that happens before it. 
Um, and what I mean by that is uh, you, you have to have really solid business systems, right? You have to know what the system is in your business um, and what the defined outcome of that system is. <laughs> and when you know what the defined outcome of that system is, then you can go through and you can break it down into its component parts, yeah. right? So as an example for, you know, we're talking about on a podcast here, um, the defined outcome of your podcast um, system would be to have a published and announced podcast episode, right? That's the, mm -hmm. the outcome is you know, I want to have this podcast um, published on all the major platforms and then announced on all the, uh, you know, the other platforms, the, the social media platforms so that people can get access to it. Mm -hmm. So when you look at that as a system that has a single defined outcome, then you can break that down into its component parts and you have things like, okay, we recorded the episode, mm -hmm. right? So that's one, you know, the, the outcome of the, this step, step one would be record the episode and the, mm -hmm. you know, you have you have the recorded file at the end and then the next step would be okay we need to edit the episode mm -hmm. right and you're going to at the end of that step you would have the edited episode and then you would have maybe transcribe the episode and then maybe you would have um you know, create all the written assets for the episode and create all the graphic assets for the episode. So you have each step in the process towards getting a published episode. Mm -hmm. And when you break down your system into steps like that, mm -hmm. um, and then each one of those steps has an individual outcome yeah. that leads to the overall outcome, mm -hmm. then you can find the pieces of that step where automation can help can you, come in. Yeah. right? So yeah. So as an example in that, in that podcast example, um, I go through and we've broken out, we have about 17 steps in our own podcast where we go from, um, you know, getting our guests to recording the episode, to getting the, uh, uh episode edited, to getting the written assets, graphic assets, mm -hmm. um, and everything put together. And then we do our publishing onto our three major, major channels and we do announcements onto seven other channels. Right. So that mm -hmm. ends up being about 17 individual steps mm -hmm. and a lot of those individual steps, can be automated, right? So not all of them can, yeah. um, right? So uh, editing, for instance, requires a human being to be involved because there's creativity, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And the creating of the graphic assets can't be automated either because we have, you know, we need to have a graphic designer, someone has skills come in and actually mm -hmm. use their creativity. So I make a split in automations, right? You, mm -hmm. you don't automate things that require human creativity, right? So yeah. you, you, let human beings shine where they shine best, which is with creativity. And then you let robots do the things that, um, that robots are really good at. Yeah. So, um, and we build a system around those things. So we have each defined outcome for our, the steps in our system. And uh, we use automation to support human creativity. So mm -hmm. as an example, um, with the podcast, when we are in our project management system, um, we use Trello, but you could do this with anything, really. We use Trello. So when an episode goes to our editor, um, the automations that support the creativity are say it, it emails our, notif our editor and says, hey, the episode is ready for you. Here's a link to the file. And, you know, here's all the things that you need in order to edit it, right? And here's a checklist mm -hmm. of like the items that need to happen. Mm -hmm. And all of that information is automated, right? It pops onto the project management automatically every time an episode is ready for them. Mm -hmm. And when they're done with it, they move it over to the next file for the graphic designer, right? Mm -hmm. And it takes off all of his information for editing the episode and automatically publishes all the information for the graphic mm -hmm. designer to have it, right? So that's mm -hmm. just, it's automation that supports the human creativity. Mm -hmm. But when we get into things like publishing, um, like when it gets to the pile where it's like, hey, this needs to go on YouTube, mm -hmm. uploading something to YouTube 
is something that a robot can do all by itself, right? Mm -hmm. So as long as you feed the robot all the right information, in this case, we need to make sure the robot has the final edited video. We need to make sure the robot has the thumbnail for YouTube and the, the title for YouTube and the description for YouTube and the tags, right? So we make sure that all that information is ready and then we drop it into the robot and the robot mm -hmm. takes all that information and publishes it to YouTube um, automatically, right? And so instead of someone a human being having to, you know, log into YouTube and find the files and upload the files and wait for the files to upload and put in the description and put in the tags and copy and paste all the stuff and check it all and then finish it all up. We can have a robot do all that in the background and just return the share link, right? And then we get the share link returned and it moves on to the next one, which is publishing to our podcast, right? And so it does the same thing. We feed all the information into the podcast and then the robot returns the podcast link and then we go to our blog and the blog can also be automated where we feed all the information into the blog and it returns the URL on our blog with the embedded YouTube video and the embedded podcast feed, mm -hmm. right? And so you can have automations that support each step of your system. Mm -hmm. uh, but you can't do the automations until you know what your system is, right? Until you've broken down each part of your system. So we do a number of things in that, in that sort of... Um, that really help our business, right? So we break out our systems, we break them down into in their individual component parts. We document every step, like here's how you do it with screenshots and all those things. Mm -hmm. um, so we have documentation, we have broken out systems, and then we, we come in and we backfill our system mm -hmm. with automations, right? So we make sure mm -hmm. a human being can do it first. Right. And then we go back through and we add automations where we can to support the whole system. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and we do that for every system in our business, whether it's client onboarding or podcasting, which is the example we just went over or yeah. process documentation or anything that we build. We look at it from that standpoint of what's our system, what's the outcome of the system, and then what are the component parts that allow us to get there? Mm -hmm. How do we document it so a human can do it? And then how do we support that system with automation to make it um, that gives us time savings and it gives us other um, benefits in our business. Um, so anyways, that's, that's sort of like my 30,000 foot view of how we use automation to support our business. Awesome. That's cool. And I, I love the fact that you, um, helped my listeners to understand that, um, you have to have a full understanding of how your business operates, the steps that needs that you need to get the task done. You have to differentiate between tasks that need um, robots to do and tasks that need human intervention and you have to make sure that you have everything outlined um, properly. So um, as a business, what services do you render for people on the road? Let's talk about that. So um, we'd have two major categories of business that we offer to clients. Um, the first one is uh, something I call our heroic brand. Um, mm -hmm. And we have our, our hero show, um, which is our podcast that we run. And we work generally with um, either uh, large service businesses or expert brand businesses where they are um, either working with clients or teaching clients how to do something specific, right? So mm -hmm. that's everything from real estate investing to learning how to uh, um, optimize their store or uh, e-commerce store. One of my clients actually does optimization for stores, so it's a service provision. Whatever that thing is that they do, whether it's teaching someone how to do it or doing it for them as a service, we come in and we help them build their heroic brand around that thing. That's, so that's a brand that's built on you know human stories um, and it's built around like making their their the actual visuals of the brand work really well for them um, so it's consistent and um, and drives that uh, 
um, unconscious trust with potential viewers of the thing. And then, so that's the first part is helping them build the brand. And then we actually help them build their services, right? Whether that is the education or helping them figure out what the services are and how to offer them. Sometimes clients come to me with their services already going and they just want to build the brand portion of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes they're like, hey, I don't actually know. Oh, this is a thing I want to teach. How can I teach it? And we actually help them build the educational components in a way that people can consume them and then get good results from them. And we build all the uh, documentation and automation to make that happen. And that's sort of the first part of that brand, right, of, the, of what we offer is we have that full service of like, let's help people or help our clients build their online brand, build the services, build the products that go along with it, build all the automations that support it and the documentation and all those kind of things so they can actually sell um, and get in um, and actually start creating revenue or increase the revenue that they are creating. help do some strategy on ads. We don't do any of the ad delivery ourselves, but we do help strategy on ads. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the second part of that is the audience portion, right? And so the audience portion is if you have a product or a service that you want to sell, you have to have someone that you're going to sell it to, right? And there are two ways to get access to an audience you can sell your products to. One of them is that you buy access to that audience, right? So you buy access to an audience by, um, spending dollars on ads with something like Facebook or Google or Pinterest, you know, promoted pins and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So there's lots of ways you can buy access to audience. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe you do media buys, right? We got one client who did a big major media buy with Grant Cardone's, you know, 10 X system, right. And you do media buys with them in order to get access to their audience. So that's the one way that you, you access audience. The other way that you access audience is you build it right? And you build it with time, right? So you buy it with money or you build it with time mm-hmm. and building it with time is, um, is a, there's a couple of things that you can do with that, right? You can do things like guest posting on other blogs. That's a, a long, long form thing. You can do something like what we're doing here, right? I'm coming onto your podcast mm-hmm. and, um, I'm spending my time to come in and talk to your audience. And now your audience has been exposed to me mm-hmm. and some portion of your audience who might like what we do or like what we talk about might come and check out our stuff. Right. So that's mm-hmm. a way to spend time to build the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one and the one that I, I help our clients with all, a lot is building their own weekly show. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it's a podcast or video show, something like that. Mm-hmm. And we have a whole business called push button podcasts yeah. where we manage the entire content machine for them, where we help them come in and develop a weekly show that's audio and video. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, they batch record episodes for us at the beginning of the month, we get four to five episodes from them and mm-hmm. that's all that they do, right? They show up and they provide those um, content episodes for us mm-hmm. and we do everything else for them. We cr- do, do all the editing, we do all the graphics creation, we do everything mm-hmm. for the episodes. We get them published to YouTube, we get them published onto iTunes, we get them published onto Facebook. Um, we create all the derivative content so they got show notes and they get articles and they get um you know uh, tweets and pins and Mm -hmm. instagram stories and everything is created for them and published and announced um Mm -hmm. and it turns into a content marketing machine for them and it all drives into the funnels that we helped set up before right if they either they already have those funnels or we're helping to build them for them Uh, with the other part of our business we're using their show to drive everything back into whatever their major funnel piece is Mm -hmm. Um, so driving audience and driving you know expertise and attention and all of that um, from creating a content machine that's backed up by, you know, an audiovisual podcast that only takes them three to four hours a, a month to 
produce the content and we do all the rest of the work for them. Awesome. Um, and so that's the, uh, that's the second service that we offer and it's the push button podcast. That's the one that we're really pushing and growing because we see a huge need in the marketplace for more people to be starting their shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's, uh, that's what we're growing and working on right now. Um, and, uh, um, it's, it's really helpful and the businesses that are doing it are seeing huge, huge growth in their business because we're all in the attention business nowadays. Yeah. Um, so you have to have to build your audience. Um, and just to dovetail that real quick with the buying the audience, I always tell people, my clients, you should do both, right? You should buy audience True. so you can get access to it quickly, mm-hmm. right? And you can start driving people to your funnels now. But mm-hmm. every time you spend money to gather audience, if you don't mm-hmm. have something that you can then put them into, right? True. Like content that you're creating regularly, you lose them Um, so you buy the audience initially to help create some of that initial revenue and then while at the same time you start building your audience with your show you can take any audience that you buy get them subscribed to your show get them subscribed to the content your email list whatever it is up there wherever they want to follow you on your stuff so they're constantly seeing you everywhere Um, and they work really well together right so Mm -hmm. you can buy audience and build audience at the same time Um, and over the course of time you get a year two years into your show now you have a massive audience who's following you especially if you've been supporting it with ad dollars Mm-hmm. Um, and you become less reliant on the ad networks because you've built your own audience. So they mm-hmm. work really well together. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Uh, I, uh, one of my um, friends that also run a marketing agency in the UK, um, they call this method you talked about, they call it the hybrid, um, the hybrid system. So they try to you know mix both the um, paid um, method of getting traffic to your business and the organic methods of getting traffic to your business and try to mix it together because you know you always get the best results through that way you have a lot of content you have a lot of people to the, to the content and then they have stuff to engage with and they get to see you as an authority they get to see that you're good at what you're doing and the trust um, starts to be built based on that and it's easier for people to do business with you when they feel they can trust you when they feel you know what you're doing when they see that you're an expert at what you're doing and everything centers around you know from the start the content creation which is um really great because you have um, a service to you know take that content creation of the neck of those people and then you get everything done just for them so that they can you know do yeah. the part of their business which they are really good at yeah. And that's, that's really where we shine is right. Cause not everyone are expert content creators, right? They're not, they don't want to become podcasters and yeah. you know, people who know how to build all these automations and do all that. They have the thing that they're really good at. Right. So just like, as an example, um, I have a, uh, uh, he's not a client, but he's a friend of mine um, who's a chiropractor and, um, he's really good at the chiropractic stuff. And, uh, you know, in his town because of the content work that he's done over the last several years, he's the go-to chiropractor. Everyone knows his name, right? Mm -hmm. But he's not a professional podcaster and doesn't want to be. Right. And that's where something like push button podcast comes in. You can focus on your craft and your expertise, whatever that is, whether that's, you know, helping stores, you know, optimize their e-commerce or teaching how to do real estate investing or teaching how, um, how, or chiropractics and how to keep people from having lower back pain, whatever it is, you have the thing that you're good at. And you know that a multimedia podcast that comes out regularly and all the automation and all of the uh, content creation and the ads and everything that support all that is a great marketing channel for your business but it can be a full-time job all by itself right mm-hmm. and that's where we can come in and we can do all of that for you so you can take advantage of that marketing channel and become the preeminent person in your space yes, without having to do all of the uh, yeah without having to do all the work that you have to do on it 
especially when no one else in your um, space or your niche is already doing um, all of the content creation at the level that you are already doing. So uh, do you have an offer for the listeners that they can, you know, make use of? I do. Yeah. So one of the things we do with all the podcasts we go on and we can actually, uh, um, we can work this out with you. We can get a, a discount code for our push button podcast service. If someone is interested in it, we offer a, uh, 10% off of the, uh, lifetime of push button podcasts. Um, and mm-hmm. we'll give them, uh, we'll give you a code that you can put in your show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyone who uses that, uh, will get a 10% off and we actually, um, we offer, uh, so we give them a 10% off discount and we give you a, a bit of an affiliate commission on that as well. Um, and that's uh, um, good for the lifetime of the service for anyone who is interested in building that type of a, um, a business. And awesome. it works, uh, uh, works out really well. Awesome. That's so great. So do you have any advice for people who are working from home before we round off the show? Yeah. So um, my advice for working from home is know why you are doing what you're doing. Right. And for me, that was, I'm doing it to spend time with my kids. All right. So whatever that is for you, um, take advantage of it and be judicious with your time and the things to, to make sure that you're actually spending that time with the kids and not, you know, earlier in my career, I was like, Hey, I want to work from home so I can spend time with my kids. And I would work 12 hours a day mm-hmm. right, or 14 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't helping support my business in, in, in any stretch of the imagination. Right. I was actually getting less done by spending more time working. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't spending the time with my kids that I wanted to spend. Right. And nowadays mm-hmm. I spend about four hours a day, four days a week and my business mm-hmm. is growing because I'm only spending time on the things that are really important in my business. Mm-hmm. And to support that, one of the pieces of advice I have is to realize that um, most, of, most creativity thrives when you give it restrictions, right? Yeah. So if you say to yourself, right, hey, I've got 12 hours a day to get my work done, then you fill up all 12 hours a day, right? And mm-hmm. if instead you say, hey, I've only got four days this week, I got to get the same amount of work done that I would normally get in five. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden you start thinking about what's important. And then like mm-hmm. for me, I started I started playing that down where I was like, okay, I'm only going to work eight hours a day. And then I went, I'm only going to work four days a week. And then I went, I'm only going to work six hours a day. And mm-hmm. um, what I've noticed is as I've restricted more and more of my time spending on work, I spend more and more of the time doing the things that are important which is building my systems, documenting those systems, hiring the people to get done what needs to get done. Um, And it's allowed me more freedom and it's also allowed us to grow our business significantly. So my advice is to be really judicious with what time you're spending on your business and Mm -hmm. make sure that you're spending the time on the most important things. Yeah. So that you're actually growing the parts of your business that you want and you're not just creating for yourself a, you know, a work from home job, right? Where you're actually creating a business that's supporting the lifestyle that you want. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciate your time on the show, um, Richard. And I really um, definitely have gotten a lot of insights too, even as um, a work from home person. I want to say a very big thank you. And for my listeners, you will get the discount code for the 10% off the push button podcast service. And you would also have the opportunity to, you know, see all the links where you can reach out to him, also watch his podcast and all of that. So I want to say have a great week and don't forget to share this podcast with people who you think will benefit from this, your family, your friends, whoever it is that can benefit from the work from home podcast. So have a great day.